Welcome back to The Refugee Report. This episode's focus is Burundi. This country has seen ethnic conflicts, coups, and civil wars over the years. As a result, modern-day Burundi lacks complete political stability, and the government exhibits authoritarian behavior. This has led thousands of Burundians to flee to nearby countries. Before beginning this episode, we would like to warn you that the following audio and descriptions may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Burundi is a landlocked country in east-central Africa that is just south of the equator. Its geography consists of high mountains, high plateaus, valleys, river systems, rainforests, and wooden savanna. Burundi borders the Democratic Republic of the Congo, Tanzania, and Rwanda. The vast majority of Burundi's population is Hutu, but the minority Tutsi population has long controlled the country. This means they've primarily had control over the army in large parts of the economy. This includes control over the coffee industry, which is one of the country's largest exports. People like these ethnic groups have existed in the region for many years. In fact, there was a Burundian kingdom that dates back to the 1500s. Unfortunately, in the last century, Burundi has been subjugated by colonial powers. In 1916, the Belgian army occupied the area and turned the region into a Belgian protectorate. During this time, this colony was called Rwanda Urindi, which is now made up of modern-day Rwanda and Burundi. During its time as a semi-autonomous region, there were ethnic conflicts. In fact, one ethnic conflict in 1959 caused an influx of Tutsi refugees to be dispersed throughout the region. It wasn't until 1962 that Burundi gained its full independence and became the independent kingdom of Burundi. This was a monarchy that also had a parliamentary system in place. Throughout the 1960s, ethnic conflict in the region persisted, and large number of Hutus ended up fleeing from Rwanda. During this time, Burundi got rid of its monarchy, and a Tutsi politician declared himself president. This created a Hutu-led uprising against the government in 1972 in the south of the country. In response, the government committed genocide and massacred much of the Hutu population. In Burundi, this massacre is known as Akiza, which means the scourge. The estimates of those killed in this attack greatly vary. However, it is believed that somewhere between 100,000 to 300,000 Hutus were killed. Following this, there were a number of military coups throughout the 70s and 80s that consistently changed the power makeup of Burundi. This sent Burundi into a cycle of violence that escalated into the 1990s. In 1993, military rule in Burundi finally ended and a multi-party state was established. However, these elections result in there being a pro-Hutu rule in Burundi. In response, some Tutsi soldiers assassinate the president at the time. Hutus counter this attack and the country is plunged into an ethnic conflict, which claims 300,000 lives. Not too long after this, a new president is appointed by the parliament. But in 1994, his plane is shot down over Rwanda. This triggers a genocide in Rwanda that kills 800,000 people. We briefly explain the Rwandan genocide in our Democratic Republic of the Congo episode. In addition, we have a post about this topic on our Instagram page. It is important to understand this genocide because it had major impact on the Congo region. If you haven't already, please check out these resources. In 2003, a peace agreement is signed in Tanzania that officially ends the civil war in Burundi. This peace agreement unified the army to include Tutsis and Hutus. 
However, conflict within the country did not completely subside until 2005. This progress led to a huge amount of hope for Burundi. A gruesome civil war had come to an end and the country appeared to have a functioning parliamentary system. Unfortunately, Burundi took a turn for the worse. In April of 2015, President Pierre Nkurunziza announced that he would be running for a third term. This was the president that was elected in 2005, right after the civil war. This escalated tensions in the country because many thought it was a constitutional violation. The result of this was an attempted coup in May of 2015. A coup attempt has been launched in Burundi to try to overthrow its president, Pierre Kurunziza. Amid unrest over Kurunziza's bid to be re-elected to a third term, crowds poured onto the streets on Wednesday to celebrate after an army general said he was dismissing the president for violating the constitution by seeking the third term. This coup attempt failed quickly. The election proceeded in Burundi and the president was re-elected. Many boycotted the elections saying that the vote wouldn't be fair and that there were not enough opposition candidates on the ballot. Throughout this election season, protests continued in Burundi against the president. In order to discourage such protests, anyone who was at all opposed to the government was labeled as a collaborator of the coup. Opposition figures were arrested, tortured, and killed by police. Some have even been assassinated in broad daylight on the street by government officials. There's also a group in the country that calls themselves the Amanakuri. This is a group of young government supporters that act as thugs and terrorize the populace of Burundi. Burundians who tried to flee the country during the situation faced similar harassment. Those trying to go to Rwanda have been stopped during the passage by government officials. If they have any photos or videos of the protests on their laptops or phones, they are taken away and tortured. Those trying to go to Rwanda have been stopped during the passage by government officials. If they had any photos or videos of the protests on their laptops or phones, they were taken away and tortured. Those who remained in the country faced continued repression. In fact, it is estimated that around 1,700 people have been killed in the protests and other instances since 2015. The situation did greatly de-escalate following the elections. In fact, President Nkurunziza suddenly died in 2020. Many hoped that the election of a new president would bring an end to the human rights violations in the country. Unfortunately, this has not been the case. When President Everest Ndiyashimiye was sworn in in June, he vowed to ensure national unity, peace and social justice. But UN investigators say that's not happening, dashing hopes of change under a new government. What is really striking is that he has appointed to high positions in his cabinet three people who are under sanction from the EU and or the US for their alleged participation in human rights violations since 2015. It's a strange act for someone who's keen on reconciliation. UN investigators have highlighted abuses linked to the election, accusing security forces and the ruling party's youth wing of kidnappings, beatings and sexual violence. One of the findings that was particularly troubling was how these violations were aimed at preventing the main opposition party from carrying out their activities and effectively taking part in these elections. 
Situations like these have forced many in Burundi to flee and seek asylum elsewhere. There are around 300,000 refugees from Burundi, most of which fled throughout 2015. These refugees have primarily fled to Tanzania, Uganda, Rwanda, and the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Many have begun the process of returning to Burundi. However, many still refuse to return home since they believe their lives are still at risk. Listen to this refugee explain his own fears. I mean, do you have any hope now that there will be a, a peaceful situation? <laughs> I don't think, because my enemy are alive. If they see me, they could land after me. And who are, who are your enemies? My enemies is the, 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 the youth of the government. Of the, yeah, the Monaco, yeah. They are so dangerous in the whole country. In addition to this, refugees face new problems in their new countries. This is especially the case in Tanzania. There are reports that Burundian refugees in Tanzania have been taken by government officials without a warrant. Victims of this are taken to a windowless room, interrogated, and tortured. Victims describe torture ranging from electrocution, whipping, genital mutilation, and starvation tactics. Survivors of this describe being faced with numerous accusations from government officials. These accusations include harboring weapons, encouraging refugees to not return to Burundi, and encouraging conflict within Burundi. In some cases, Tanzanian officials refused to release the refugees until a large ransom was paid. It was a relatively small number of refugees that were subjected to this, but it is still incredibly concerning and a blatant violation of human rights. There was also information revealed during the interrogations that suggested these government officials may be working in cooperation with the government in Burundi. Between 2017 and 2020, around 100,000 Burundian refugees returned from Tanzania under an agreement led by the UNHCR. Tanzania has been accused of coercing some of these people into returning to Burundi, but they claim it is completely voluntary. In fact, Human Rights Watch concluded that, quote, Tanzanian authorities made it difficult for the UNHCR to properly check whether the decisions of hundreds of refugees to return to Burundi was voluntary. This situation is not unique to refugees from Burundi. Refugees around the world constantly face hostility from their host countries. These host countries are often poor and ill-equipped at meeting the needs of refugees. This ultimately can create a climate of xenophobia and prejudice. Although all of this information is incredibly concerning, Burundi has made slow but positive progress. Keep in mind that in the 90s, this was a country at war and committing genocides against ethnic groups. Burundi has come very far, but it still has so far to go. Before concluding this episode, we would like to recommend an organization that is helping refugees from Burundi. This week, it is the International Rescue Committee. This organization provides educational services, healthcare, and food to Burundian refugees in need. Their link will be in the description of this episode. While we do recommend this organization, it is important that you do your own research before spending your own money. That concludes this episode of The Refugee Report. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow our Instagram at WartimeAid for more refugee information. Tune in next time to learn about the refugee crisis in the Central African Republic. As always, thank you for listening.